0: It's about to get heavy. I'm talking in your face. Ain't no holding back. Better watch out. Gloves are coming off, baby. Ah, Yeah, that digging needs a throat punch. Jesus, please move on somebody. Lord, he needs some prayer. Bless his heart. You know, nowadays, People care more about themselves and their kingdom than they ever cared about God and His. Can I get an amen? Why don't you step into my shoes, buckle up in my chair, and sit behind my desk for a day? We're about to get started, so grab some popcorn. It's time for Behind the Desk with me, your boy, Pastor Jay Kelly. Let's get ready to roll, y'all. But before we get started, give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! All right, folks, welcome to episode number four. Hopefully I didn't lose you on episode two or three and uh, still rocking the PFG hat and the Target brand C9 shirt. No, they don't sponsor uh, my podcast, but if they want to, I'll have a conversation with them. You know, I'm trying to be relatable and share struggles and and hard times with y'all and you know being the realest guy that I can be, um, only one more uh, of these to go for now. Um, you know, there may, be other issues that arise that uh, I'd want to do a one-off podcast about that come up uh, in church in general. Um, you know, I want to be flexible with whatever uh, direction uh, the Lord leads this thing. Uh, just, I just want to be a willing vessel. Um, but you know, your boy needs to be real with my listeners. Uh, I messed up. Uh, I got my kid a Starbucks to split with me one day. And now the kiddo wants one anytime that we're in a Target that has a Starbucks. Look, folks, they need to rename that place. They should rename it. I don't know. They should, they should call it five or six bucks. Uh, you know, I had to ask for some of these for Christmas, uh, you know, just to support her habit um so there's there's my funny for the episode so let's put this puppy in overdrive and push through this last negative yet learning experience so y'all buckle up and hey let's go so this church is a church of pretty good size um i mean it was it was a, a i'll be honest it was a big church uh, now, I'm not talking like thousands of members or anything, but I'm talking a good um, 350, 400. Maybe if everybody on roll showed up, we were looking at 550, maybe six. Um, so pretty, pretty good sized church. Um, had a preschool and daycare um, in a separate building on campus uh, where the um, like kind of like the main church secretary offices and stuff were. Uh, now the pastors, we had offices inside the church so that we were separate from them, um, which honestly was kind of weird because, again, that goes all back to that lack of communication stuff that I talked about uh, earlier in uh, podcasts and stuff. Uh, but my mentor even came to preach for um, a men's Sunday. Uh, they have a men's Sunday evening service, so he came up uh, to preach for that uh, short notice Uh, lack of communication nobody got a a guest speaker so just so happened I was like reached up to my um, mentor and said hey can you be here and he was like yeah you know preaching somewhere else but I'll leave there and come straight up there Uh, and when he got there he said that he was surprised that I had landed uh, where I was Um, so all that stuff was like you know kind of cool but little did either one of us know all the cock and bull that was in store for me here um, for my family here I mean so it was it was really aggravating because the pastor was never there uh, never got to see him uh, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, talking there wasn't a whole lot of guidance there wasn't a whole lot of communication um, so that was was a huge issue and what little communication there was had to do with the fact that the church was on TV so sermons had to be edited and prepped and gotten ready to send off to the television station, and that was generally the only time um, that I saw the pastor. So how are you gonna grow? How are you going to be a team? How are you gonna communicate when they are, they're never there? Um, there was a couple times where I was able to um, catch him and get his advice. Uh, some advice was decent, um, some advice was, got on. not it was kind of weird. Um, you know, I mean, like sometimes it, it did make sense. It seemed maybe kind of harsh, but it would make sense. Um, cause I was told, you know, there were people in the church that as long as they didn't speak to him and he didn't speak to them, everything was fine. And I'm sitting there thinking, why in the world do you want to keep goats here? That would hinder your ministry. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but there's one bit of advice that he gave me that I will never forget as long as I live. Uh, there was an issue uh, with um, I'm just gonna be honest here. Like I said, not gonna name names, but positions. Oh well, they're free game. Uh, there was a deacon, uh, and there was an issue with. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to assume things because um, we all know what assume means, and I'm not going to say it, uh, but we know what it means. And there was jealousy involved. There, there had to be jealousy involved. Um, and when this deacon who is filling in between the previous um, guy and myself says, hey, I want to finish uh, teaching uh, through Genesis. And I say, well, I'll consider it, you know, let's, we'll go from here. Um, when they're in Genesis 25 and there's 50 chapters in Genesis, that takes up half a year at least. So it's like, ah, oh, nah, we can't finish that. I've, I'm have i here. I've got a job to do. I'm going to feel guilty of y'all paying me to do something. And then I can't do it because I'm letting you do it. That's just not how I operate. So there was some tension there and. go up to the pastor and sit down, we're having a meeting, we're talking. And I explained this to him and his advice was, uh, this particular person had a trade and, um, he, the the pastor says, you know, go to this person's, you know, place of business and, um, just go in and start doing what they do. Uh, and he said, what are they going to say to you? I'm like, they're going to tell me to stop he said exactly they're gonna tell you you know you need to stop that you don't know what you're doing Um, you can't fix that and you proceed to tell him, yeah I'll just I'll go ahead and I'll learn as I'm going and I'll just wing it for now and he's like what are they gonna do I'm like they're gonna come back there and take whatever tool or instrument or piece of equipment out of my hands and say no you're not going to do that and he said that's when you look at them and say you know what you're right I don't know what or how to do what you do for a living So I'm not going to do it. You don't know how to be a pastor, so you don't need to be teaching it. Let me do my job and you do your job. And I told him, I was like, there is no way I could be that big of a jerk. And he said, well, that's just a suggestion. You don't have to listen to it. I was like, okay. And he said, the other option is just leave it alone it'll go away. Wow. I went from one bit of horrible advice to another bit of horrible advice because We let it go, we let it ride, and it did not go away. In fact, it festered um, to the point of supposedly the deacon's wife called a head deacon and was complaining about it. Um, Things were construed, I never got the full... Uh, story out of it but i told this head deacon hey look you know the pastor said you know just forget about it let it ride it'll go away don't worry about it and he said the same thing that i had initially thought um may happen and that was that it didn't go away um so shame on me for listening to the advice of a senior pastor who i thought i could trust um, anyways uh there comes this meeting and i am starting to realize that this um, deacon's wife uh, who had been helping him fill in until i was hired had in her mind that she was still going to be able to help and i'm absolutely I'm if you want to volunteer and help with youth children, whatever ministry is going on at the time that I'm overseeing, by all means'll I'll figure out a way to use you. but you can't be my equal. You can't be my right hand person because being married and being in the ministry, my right hand person is my spouse. Um, that's my go-to person. That's the person I lean on. That's the person I confide in. That's the person that I vent to. That's the person that is there with me 24 seven. Basically you can't have that role when your husband is not the, in this particular uh, position, the associate children's youth pastor. Um, you, you just can't. That doesn't work. That's not a good dynamic. Um, that dynamic could lead to a lot of speculations that would not be positive for either couple. Uh, so obviously I cannot have this particular female being my equal in ministry and being my ministry partner. That just That's not going to fly. Uh, so all this tension starts to boil between... Um, her and my wife and then i'm kind of in the middle of all this stuff and we have no idea that it's getting here until the deacon says look we need to have this meeting it's like, okay you know that's fine I'll have a meeting so they schedule the meeting um i'm not, granted i was called the ministry in 2010 i've been on staff um in ministry since 2014 but still i'm pretty green behind the ears even now I don't know a lot of stuff Um, because of all the experiences I've had you know it's been quick transitions from one place to another to another so on and so forth Um, so it's it's been hard to learn Um, and I've not had real good people to learn under Um, so I'm still trying to learn these things and later on I find out I should never allow my my wife to be in a meeting, a church meeting without me being present. So it ends up being a deacon, a moderator, well, the head deacon, the moderator, uh, my wife, and this other deacon's wife. And I'm you know over, it's a Wednesday night before service. I'm over you know, hanging out with the kids with that other deacon uh and you know everything's cool between us right now and things kind of boiled down between us or not boiled down but you know things have died down between us little do we know that it was boiling up across the street and i get a call from my wife and she's just absolutely crying i said i need you so i leave and go over there and trying to console her and it boils down that these these three basically attack her uh, in my office Uh, verbally, you know, she said she can't even get a word in edge-wise. Um, The deacon's doing all the talking. The other deacon's wife is just sitting there, not really saying anything. My wife comes in trying to be calm, cool, collected, has uh, written out things that she wants to talk about, issues that she has seen that has came up with this other deacon's wife. And, I mean, it was just, they railroaded her. Um, So I come in, and I... I'm mad. I'm I'm livid. I'm mad as a hornet. So I come into my office. I'm like, what in the world is going on in here? And the deacon says, You need to lose the bass in your voice. And I'm thinking, Oh no, you didn't, bud. You ain't my father. You are not going to talk to me like that. The only person can talk to me like that is my earthly father and my heavenly father. Nobody else is going to talk to me like that. So I tell them the best thing they can do is everybody else get up and get out of my office. My office, get out. So the ladies leave, uh, the deacon, the moderator, myself stay in there. We start talking through these things. I realize this is going nowhere. Um, and it's just, you know, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded. And what kills me is it's Wednesday night. We got service going on. My wife has to go over there and lead the service because I'm still in this unscheduled meeting. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's just, it's baloney uh so i have a choice to make and over the next couple of days you know it's hard i'm back and forth i'm back and forth i'm calling my uh my mentor he's trying to help me with these things and he says look son this is uh this is a hill you're going to die on he said you either can stand up now for your wife and be a man of integrity or you can wait two months from now and they can they'll fire you they'll find a reason to fire you I'm thinking okay well if i'm down on this hill then i'm going to die fighting and so i do i tell them i'm done i'm not putting up with this i'm turning in my resignation y'all can basically take it and shove it um and now i said i may say some things on here that you don't agree with And keep in mind, I'm a country boy and I'm blunt and I'm honest. And that's what this whole podcast is about is honesty, transparency and legitimacy of where I've been and where I come from. So I was just like, the heck with this, man, I'm done. And uh, so my mentor is helping me write my resignation letter. And this is how petty they are. So I say in the resignation letter this deacon and this deacon, or this deacon and this former deacon, rotated off deacon, whatever you want to call him, um, were in this meeting where I was not present. But it has came to my attention that I can no longer effectively lead here because of this situation. But I have asked to speak to leadership. This was the other kicker. I have. Asked, they said leadership has decided that your wife can no longer help out because of how she reacted, because she got up and walked out of that meeting to call me, her husband, to come help her. Uh, Those were not actions of a pastor's wife. Um, You know what? You called me to ministry? You didn't call her to ministry. She helps me. She's not here to help you. Um, So that was a red flag, and I'm glad I got out of there. But... I'm going through this process of trying to figure out all right, who's saying this, who who is leadership. Let me talk to them. Never would tell me who leadership was. Let me talk to the pastor. He said that he wasn't going to get involved, that we needed to handle it. So here's the positive out of all of this negative. I learned to never let deacons run the church. They can help, but... I ultimately feel called to be a senior pastor, um, and that's one thing that I am not going to allow. I am not going to allow the church to become a deacon-ran church, because then as the pastor, you don't have any say. Now, I know that the pastor needs to be accountable to the deacons or to an elder board. Pastor can be on the elder board with some deacons and some lay members where there is a wide variety of input but when the pastor is never there not present probably seen the dude maybe 30 35 times in the period that i was there um but for this i'm trying to be careful with what I say because i don't want to say sorry excuse but this bad example of a pastor or a so-called pastor um that can't even talk to his associate pastor to help him through this situation man that that's dirty that's that's like dog dirty i mean that's bad you you don't pull that garbage that's why i'm telling you i had no clue all this cock and bull i was gonna have to go through here um so anyways, I end up writing out this resignation letter. These guys know about it. I asked to speak to leadership, couldn't speak to leadership. In the meantime, my wife and this other deacon's wife called each other and have reconciled. But I am still being forced to step down or be fired later. They didn't like that. So I revised it, I took out a few things, still left in this deacon, this guy, they knew what was going on. They were in this meeting, yada yada yada. My wife and this other lady have reconciled, we're good to go now. But still resigning. Still nothing. So like four revisions later, my mentor was like, Look, you can either take the money and run, or he personally told me that he would stand his ground and say, Nope, this is the letter that you are reading to the congregation. They're gonna know why. And if you don't give me a severance package, then oh well, that's on you. But I'm sitting there thinking, you know, i got to make sure I support my family. So I just I said, you know what, fine. Say I'm leaving for personal reasons. Never again will I do that because that is open for interpretation. Um, I have no contacts uh, from this church anymore. Um, really can't use them as a reference, uh, which really stinks because, you know, I mean, i don't try to purposely burn bridges but the situations i find myself in it's like just got to cut ties and be done with it you know cut it out you know it's that's it uh i hope i don't get deemed for copyright for saying that um uncle joey don't do anything or whichever uncle you are um so i mean it's just it's baloney it's 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 garbage um so I'm done there I'm just like, whatever man so finally it comes uh, all this goes back and forth back and forth back and forth and finally on Friday I'm like no we're done I'll come up there I'll clean up my office yada 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 I go up and clean up my office when nobody else is there because I don't trust anybody uh, get all my stuff leave and um, then it's like alright well, we're going to meet uh, we want the computer back okay fine I'm cleaning it no don't clean the computer oh yes I'm cleaning the computer because it has my personal stuff on it as well wipe that bad boy clean, give it back to him. I'm done. Got camp coming up. That's on y'all. Y'all chose to do this kind of stuff, whatever. And my mentor said in the final meeting, he said, don't talk to him. Don't shake their hands. Just go there. Give them your resignation letter and give them their stuff back and then be done. So the one guy go up, I actually do tell him bye. Um, and then the head deacon reached out his hand and I'm like, I'm sitting around I'm like, I'm going to quote what my mentor said to say. No, I only shake the hand of real men. Oh, he got so ticked. And he was like, I can't believe you're going to do me like that. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. So shake his hand. No need to contact me anymore. Dude calls me a couple weeks later asking if I want some NASCAR stuff. Really? No. I'll never want to see you again. Um, like I said, though, that was then. I was heated. I was mad and now it's like i'm over it whatever that was petty it's stupid it really doesn't matter in a large scheme of things because it doesn't do anything for the kingdom so why hold on to it um so that was that experience in a nutshell uh i mean there was i could probably tell some more crap that went on but it's just like it's not even worth it oh wait a minute yeah there was one there was one thing where in a meeting um a, a volunteer had gotten upset because I had asked all the volunteers to not come for a little while because the students weren't coming to me they were going to all these volunteers that they were used to they weren't getting to know me, so I'm like, hey look, cut out the volunteers for a little while just let it be my wife and myself this kind of like um, you know like an acoustic setting almost you know like let's get to know each other let's bond let's become friends I'm the guy I want you to come to whenever you need something when you get in trouble and you need you gotten I don't know arrested and you're gonna call your parents you want to call me first so I'm there to tell your parents why you got arrested with you or whatever come belly out of jail so to speak kind of thing I wanted to be that guy in the community so I started getting that relationship with these kids and I was almost there and then a parent pitches a fit funny thing is when he was in the room as a volunteer his kid didn't say a word he the nights he didn't serve his kid was volunteering to read scripture was praying doing prayer requests hey look i get it i was the same way when my parents would volunteer or substitute for sunday school i didn't say a word i didn't answer questions i didn't do nothing when my buddy's mom our normal sunday school teacher was there i answered stuff so i totally get it Um, but it's like, why make a big deal about that? So he pitches a fit, gets all mad, runs his mouth, pastor says, look, we need to have a meeting. So it's the pastor, myself, head deacon, and this parent. And I pray, Lord, hold my tongue. I don't say a word during this meeting. I just let him just just beat me down chew me out and all this stuff. And when it's all said and done, he realizes he's in the wrong. We make small talk. And then everything's cool. He gets up and leaves. I stay behind. This senior pastor says, I wanted you to experience this. Uh, it was good for you to go through this with me in here to support you, with a deacon in here to support you if you needed it. You held your, your own. You did a really good job. And the deacon, the same deacon that tells me to take the bass out of my voice later on, says, I don't know how you sit there and listen to that. I wanted to get up and knock the guy out for you. Um i later on told that deacon he better be glad i was in the ministry otherwise i would have flipped the desk over and come after him after he had met with my wife during that meeting and he was like well that's kind of scary like well you wanted to knock a guy out because he was airing his grievances out against me so how is that any different i just said flip the desk over i didn't say i was gonna punch you i just said flip the desk over Um, he said he would knock the guy out whatever I don't care, it don't matter. So I go through all those different things there. But like I said, what I learned from that experience was to be present as a pastor. Don't just come in and preach on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights, if your church offers those top services or those number of services. And you know, be there, but be there for your staff, be there for your congregation, And in your absence, your church becomes a deacon ran church where you only do three things. No visitation. Ended up bringing on another volunteer, retired pastor, to do visitations. Um, So, what was he doing? I learned don't do that. Whatever I do when I become a senior pastor. Don't let the deacon run a church. Make sure that I am there with my group, my circle of influence, that I have sound counsel from, that I have godly counsel from. They are people that I know are going to have the best interest of not only myself as the pastor, but also the church as a whole. Um, That's what I learned from that experience. So, again, like I said, try not to make these things shot interviews or anything like that. Um, just trying to share with you my experiences and sorry if you hear the clicking Um, I'm trying to shift screens around but that's it that's how it went it was a a mess it was a joke Um, but hey sometimes you go through those things but that's it done with this one Um, but before we go um, you know I want to do my thing it's kind of become I don't want to say a trademark, but it's kind of become my thing. So I want to try my best to close out every, um, every podcast like this. I try to close out most live things I do or most things I post, uh, just kind of remind people because maybe you don't hear every day that somebody loves you. Um, so I want you to know, I want you to take care. God bless you and Jesus, or I love you, but Jesus loves you more. That's, that's my thing. I, I love you but I could never love you as much as Jesus does. So until next time, thanks for joining me here on Behind the Desk with JK.